to tear down everything with simple stuff and confusion in the very beginning of your marriage so that you derail away from the plan that God has for you. And sometimes God will allow certain things to happen in your marriage because he's grooming you. He's training you, you know, especially for what you're going to be teaching others concerning ministry, concerning your marriage, you know, what you guys had to go through, how God worked in your marriage, how God delivered both of you, how you were able to, um, you know, heal... prayer when we still hey guys i'm your host miss Nicole, and i welcome you to something to say welcome back to another episode yes i'm back i didn't think that i was gonna come back but of course the holy spirit had different plans um there were some things that i felt were unfinished i felt like the last part of this message was like kind of like the basics or the foundation of what i really wanted to bring to the table concerning marriage um and so the holy spirit just kept nudging on me to go forward and bring some more views for you guys so let's talk about it we're going to get right into this message because I feel like it's going to be a little while for me to present all of this, but whatever. So, anyway, let's get started. We, this, as, as you can see by the title, that this message is called Love Is Not Enough, right? And so, um, a lot of the times people think, um, people think that love is all it takes to get through anything yes and then no um and i will read into this give me a second i'm trying to get my notes here i'm sorry you guys i'm so fully prepared once i start recording but sometimes i don't so let me just start off by reading because a lot of the times sometimes i will try to elaborate because i hate to like switch my eyes back and forth between um speaking to you guys and the reading even though it's all the same it's just i like to be comfortable and say what needs to be said so um yeah let's get started so we live in such a different time now right um and so we can tell by the times that most definitely love is not enough um young people have come to realize that we are dying at a much faster rate due to stress and unhappiness staying in relationships where we are not loved not appreciated respected loved valued i think i wrote love love valued seen heard even when we are providing those same things we are not loved with the love of christ which is nothing like love from a human being nor can we provide that type of love you will be taken advantage of especially by a person who does not know christ and wants nothing to do with him let me evaluate let me elaborate not evaluate. let me elaborate on what i just said so basically we are not receiving if you are a christian person if you're a person who knows god you know that receiving love from the father or experiencing his love is nothing like any love that you will ever experience here on this earth guys don't mind i'm sitting here looking at this area i have 
a blemish here and it looks like I have a black eye. I do not have a black eye. I, I'm human. I get blemishes just like everybody else. This only means that I'm alive, well, and breathing. Child, let's keep on moving. So anyway, like I was saying, so, um, yeah, when you know the love of Christ, you know that that love is like nothing that you've ever experienced before. And so what I'm saying is if you have a couple that's married, one person is saved, the other person is not. The person that's not saved, the person that doesn't want anything, and this is not for every person that's not saved. Sometimes God will call us to marry those who aren't saved, you know, and most definitely that is between you, God, and what he called you to do. Only you will know that for sure if that's what God wants you to do. But if you are with a person who is not saved, doesn't want anything to do with God because of whatever, whatever reason. People have plenty of reasons why they choose. And I respect everybody's decision to believe what they want to believe. But in most cases, if you are a saved person and you're with somebody who's manipulative, who's a whole lot of a plethora of things. Um, what I was saying here was a lot of the times people, certain people, certain manipulators, they love to be married to Christian people because they're looking to you to forgive them, to move on and to act like nothing has ever happened. Thinking that that is what God love is all about. Like he's just this punching bag and we can continue to do what we want when we want. And there's never any consequence for it. And we know that that's not true. So what I was trying to say is um, those type of th those types love Christians because they feel no matter how much dirt is done, they will be forgiven. So that's what I was saying. This is just not something that we want to settle for anymore. So again, going back to the times changing, um, people aren't settling for these type of relationships anymore. So, um, again, love is not enough. Love is not a reason to stay in a marriage. It really isn't anymore. It's not. It's the beginning stages of um, being in a marriage, right? It's the beginning feelings of being in a marriage. And let me not go any further because a lot of the times what I'll do is I'll elaborate and then have to read it up again. And I don't want to do that. The older generation were taught the correct principles in marriage, but I believe a lot of those concepts were taken out of, out of context. For example, people were taught, you get married, you stay married. Yes, marriage is meant till death do you part. Last episode, I spoke on marriage being a spiritual covenant. And I really didn't go deep into that. So I want to talk on that for a minute. And then we're going to go back to what I was trying to explain. So let me touch on covenants. Covenants are serious. Not something that should be taken lightly or easily broken. Any covenant made is supposed to be, is not supposed to be broken. Let me go back. Any covenant made is supposed to be, excuse me, is supposed to be broken so the end of that covenant, when it comes to an end, it's only at an end because of someone's death, right? So the two people who made the covenant, in order for that covenant to be demolished or, you know, an end or broken in any type of way, one of the persons who vowed to be in this covenant has to die. And that's what a covenant is. A covenant is until, is until death. So let's go to um, a scripture and we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 
and now it's going to be chapter 739 and that scripture says a wife is bound to her husband as long as he lives but if her husband dies she is free to be married to whom she wishes only in the lord so this is for us christians she is free to be married to whom she wishes only in the lord okay so i'm gonna go to a few screenshots that i have here one second did some google research to kind of sharing, you're not liking, you're not commenting. Um, when you subscribe to a channel, it only means that you are subscribed. In order for other viewers to see the video or for the video to get out there for other listeners, um, you would have to like, share, comment. So please do so as you come in to watch the video. So let's talk about covenants. Now, I went into Google, and this was the Google's definition of covenant. So Google's definition says, what happens when a, and this is a blood covenant, what happens when a blood covenant is broken? Typically, if the oath is broken, that just means that whatever effects were made by the oath will just be renounced. If this was a blood oath to make allegiance, with some entity or something in exchange for something else, the effects will probably be negative and potentially deadly. So even Google understands the significance of covenants and why they, how they are only broken by death and, you know, the consequences that could be behind it. So another scripture I wanted to read on was... The Bible talking about Abraham and the covenant, the covenant that was made between Abraham and um, God. And this was known as the Abrahamic covenant. And this was a blood covenant. So this is in Genesis 15, 17. But Abraham had fallen into a deep sleep and a thick and dreadful darkness came over him. This is verse 12. Thus, God alone passes through the pieces of dead animals, and the covenant was sealed by God alone. Nothing depended on Abraham. Everything depended on God, who promised to be faithful to his covenant. When God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself. Hebrews 6, 13, 18. Abraham and his descendants could trust count on and believe in everything God promised. This specific blood covenant is also known as Abrahamic covenant. 
the blood involved in this covenant, as with any blood covenant, signifies the life from which the blood comes. Mm. How serious is a covenant? There's life in the blood. So, that was Leviticus 17, right? That gave the description of the blood. So, this is Leviticus 17. And this is verse 11. And this is giving um, a description of what the blood actually means, right? Why there has to be bloodshed in a covenant or... Let me just read it. So verse 11, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you on the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement by reason of the life which it represents. Sounding familiar to you Christians out there? Okay. Now, are we seeing the similarities with Jesus and the shedding of his pure blood for our souls and saved from, from our souls being saved from an eternal death? Are we seeing the similarities in that? Let's go deeper. When a man enters a virgin, which is God's original design, there is a bloodshed in the process. Okay? A woman's hymen is broken. A blood covenant is made and not to be broken until death. A man is to give his life to her and to protect her and love her as he loves and protects himself. She is himself. Okay, so back on track. I just wanted to explain covenants and blood covenants most specifically. There are rules to the marriage covenant, which is called the new covenant and the old. Under the old, under the old, which is Moses, right? You were told that if you were going to cheat, just divorce your partner. Moses provided the divorce decree. But under the new covenant, Jesus said if you wanted to get a divorce to remarry, you were still breaking the covenant. So people stayed together. And this is me explaining um, the new generation versus the older generation. So people stayed together. And basically what I mean by that is people were under the, the concept or the notion that if you got married, regardless of what you dealt with in that marriage, whether it be abuse, whether it be cheating, whether you dislike and hate this person because you don't feel secure, whether it's one person carrying the load, whether that be financial or physical, whatever the case may be, um, you were told to stay in that marriage. And that's what a lot of people did until they died. And, um, you know, studies are showing now that a lot of people are leaving here very early due to stress, due to um, being miserable in their marriage, right? And God never um, designed marriage to be a miserable thing. He never designed marriage for us to do it without him. And so when we do it without him, again, love is not enough. It's definitely not enough. Um, love is not going to sustain you, is what I'm trying to say. Love is not, your human love is not going to sustain you. Love from humans wear off. People grow, people change. They may not look at you the same, 
right? What they loved about you can quickly turn into what they hate about you. They'll love you today and they'll hate you tomorrow. What I'm speaking of, of course, is not really love, right? People are in lust for all types of reasons. I'll just name a few. They may be attracted to you the way that you look, but that doesn't mean that they, that when they marry you, that when you open up your mouth, that they can handle you, right? Or that they're willing to compromise on simple things. Some people are in situationships, right? Yes, they could be attracted to you, may even give you a few kids. This does not mean that they really love you for you. In situationships, they don't even want to know who you are. They're not interested in knowing who you are. A lot of people don't even know who they are. They need you, especially now. We have high rent. <laughs> we have high food. It's getting crazy in the streets. So you have a lot of situationships where people think, it could be one person who thinks that they were, are with this person long term. They're in this relationship long term. They have this family. And really, it's a situationship for the other person. They need a place to stay, right? When you deal with marriage by the spirit, wait, let me back up. Most of these situationships are filled with puppies who will settle for who's ever willing to pet them on the head and feed their bellies. And when I say puppies, they'll stroll along to the next person if they're getting a better deal in their house. So this is what I mean by um, puppies, right? When you deal with marriage by the spirit, meaning the word says, those who worship the Lord must worship him in spirit and in truth. You have to meet the Lord in the spirit for your strength to stay, for your strength to endure. This comes by the spirit. This is not by human characteristics. You will get sick of another human being. Human concepts of love will hold you. Our human love has conditions. Forgive me, guys. I got a little interrupted. So we're going to keep on going. Now, basically what I was saying is um, when we talk about, because I spoke about this in the last um, video, when we talk about dealing with your marriage by the spirit, right? The reason why we want to deal with our marriage by the spirit is because God is a spirit. Marriage is spiritual. It is a spiritual institution and the only one that can help our marriage, the only other person that is married with you and your spouse is the Lord. And how you do that is by meeting him in the spirit. Just like the word says that those who worship the Lord must worship him in spirit and in truth. When we deal with the Lord, he speaks to our spirits, right? And so that's where you want to be because we know for ourselves, um, this is where you get your strength. This is where you keep on going. And I mean this like personally, you know, when you're dealing with your own battles, when you're going through your own, um, you know, things in life, you go to the Lord for your strength, right? Being in the spirit and the secrets, places where you gain your strength, is where you gain your endurance, is where you gain your um, your restoration. God restores you, you know, he refills you with virtue so that you can continue the fight. 
And it's the same thing with your marriage. You know, you have to meet the Lord for those same things. And what I wrote down here in my notes, notes is that you have to meet the Lord in the spirit for your strength to stay. Right? Because love, human love is not going to keep you there. You got to realize that we're human. Right? So we're loving this person by what we see, what they do for us. And, and I'm looking at my notes. I already wrote that down. So you're going to hear me repeat it. But I have to kind of elaborate on this before I keep going. When you fall in love with a person, it is what they do for you that makes you fall in love with them. And in relationships, when these things, when, when life takes a toll, when things happen, or when you find out that a person is not who they really are, love isn't the thing that's holding you there anymore. Most times, people will be whoever they need to be just to get you in the beginning. And then once they have you, that person wears off. And now you're faced to deal with life and this person, this new person that you didn't know was there. This person that hid everything about who they really truly was. And again, um, when it comes to God, God is loving all of us. God knows all of us, right? So that's a different type of love. And this is the love that you want to give your partner. Because you vow to God that this is who you're going to stay with. So in and out of love, ups and downs, you know, craziness, whatever the case may be, you told God that this was your person. This was your person. This is who you wanted to be with. And I'm not just saying like, you know, God didn't have anything to do with it because of course God is the one who allows us to know who that ordained person is. We got to go to him and say, hey, you gave me this person. Can you help me with them? We can't leave God out. And I think that's the biggest issue is that we are looking at each other because we're two humans, right? We're looking at this other human being and we have all these expectations of who they're supposed to be. We have all our emotions and everything mixed all in it. And then we have the enemy playing off those emotions and also whispering your ear, causing confusion by what it is that you feel, making things worse. And so with all of that, you've got to say constantly to yourself, is this really the person I'm supposed to be with forever? All of those things is by your flesh, though. That's not by the spirit. And marriage is a spiritual thing. We have to deal with marriage or as though it is a spiritual thing. And so what I'm saying is we have to meet God in the spirit in order to maneuver through what marriage is, right? It's only worked in the spirit is what I'm trying to say. So again, I said for this is where we go when we get our strength to endure, right? This comes by the spirit. This is not by human characteristics. You will get sick of another human. A human's concept of love won't hold you is what I was saying, right? Our human love has conditions. When they keep doing the thing that you hate, right? And this is when love runs out. When they keep doing that thing that you hate, when they haven't met your expectations, even though you've been feeling you've been telling them how you feel for years, right? When they haven't made you feel secure or loved or supported, etc., your feelings begin to change, right? And this is what I was talking about earlier as far as people change. But in the secret place, our God has a way of making you come out of self, out of what you see. When I say see, I mean what you see on the surface, right? The Holy Spirit has a way of bringing you out of that, bringing you out of all of those things, right? 
he will reveal some deeper nuggets about your partner that you may have never considered in your selfishness. Yeah, this gives you the opportunity to self-examine. You begin to think, how cruel was I that I haven't even considered seeing what my husband was going through or my wife was going through. kind of spoke on that yesterday. I kind of went into a little bit of it as um, talking about how we shouldn't go to God for God to control our spouses. Um, the first thing that God is going to do is have you look internally. He's going to have you look at all the things that Satan is using to control you um, to kind of destroy your marriage, right? He's going to make you look at all these feelings that you have and, and allow you to see who they're governed by. Is it governed by your flesh? Is it governed by the spirit? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that God won't um, allow you to see your partner or these are situations where your partners aren't wrong. No, God will have you examine yourself though. Because the first key that we have to realize, and I think I said this in the last video, is that you can only control you can't control another person. You can only control you. And you have to remember, I believe the Holy Spirit will always take you back to the original plan, right? Not forgetting the original plan and what you guys are supposed to be standing for, which is ministry, and what your love is supposed to represent, which is how the Lord loves us, the church, right? That's what your marriage is supposed to represent. I don't know what's happening to my voice right now, all of a sudden it's starting to get ashy. So yeah, like I was saying before I was rudely interrupted, um, you will begin to take a look at the original plan for your marriage, the original vision, right? And again, this has nothing to do with love. This is God bringing you back to what his plan and purpose was for your marriage. Not to say that love is not a part of it. Love is definitely a part of it. But it takes more than love to sustain a marriage, right? And it is, again, by the Spirit. It is when you spend time with God that you'll begin to see his vision. Um, the enemy tries to tear down everything with simple stuff and confusion in the very beginning of your marriage so that you derail away from the plan that God has for you. And sometimes God will allow certain things to happen in your marriage because he's grooming you. He's training you, you know, especially for what you're going to be teaching others concerning ministry, concerning your marriage, you know, what you guys had to go through, how God worked in your marriage, how God delivered both of you, how you were able to, um, you know, heal, not heal each other, but help each other grow to another level in God. That's the whole plan. And anytime something as powerful as two people, a husband and a wife, a family, you know, something that God ordained is coming together is definitely something that Satan hates. He hates it. And one of the things that I wanted to go over um, in this uh, in this particular video was to describe or explain um, I forget who it was that I was watching I was watching some minister I can't remember right now who it was in particular but it was explained so um, 
it was explained on a, a level of wisdom that I never considered before. And I honestly believe that, you know, I thank God for my children. I thank God for my experiences because it most definitely gave me something to give to other people. And it also gave me something to teach my own children so that they could learn what to look out for. Um, but had somebody told me or explained marriage to me on the level in which this person had given this wisdom, I probably wouldn't have had my children as early as I did. And I didn't have um, kids at a very young age. I was young, but I wasn't like a teenage, um, you know, age. I had finished school by the time that I did have children. But to be honest, I was young. Mentally, I was young. Um, but anywho, had I gotten this description of what marriage was supposed to be, what God wanted, God wanted two kingdom people, right? And I, I mean a kingdom-ordained marriage, right? Two of his children coming together the way that he ordained it, right? If these two people are both virgins, they come together and they get married and they consummate their marriage and they have children, they'll produce generations of children that Satan can't touch. That's what God wanted. No curses, right? Nothing that he can intervene in. The Bible says that a curse can't come without a cause, right? And so if there's a kingdom marriage, and this, this is a whole kingdom generation of people, we're talking generational wealth, we're talking wisdom, we're talking all sorts of fruits of the spirits, we're talking all hedge, all different types of hedge of protection where the enemy can't destroy or do anything to you, your children, no sicknesses, no nothing. Not to say that, you know, anything, you, you would be perfect because, of course, we're still talking about human beings, but some of the biggest um, generational curses that a lot of us think are normal today would have never come near you had your generations before you been in a covenant that God created, right? And it was ordained from the beginning. Like it went the way that the Lord intended it for it to go. Especially, we're talking a full kingdom marriage and these two people waited and did what God asked them to do by obedience. The word says that obedience is better than sacrifice. Talking to my sister earlier today, that is the sacrifice. You are sacrificing when you are being obedient. Being obedient, when you say that obedience is better than sacrifice, it's not saying that obedience is easy. Because obedience is definitely not easy. In a lot of cases, obedience is a sacrifice, but it is better than sacrifice to the Lord. It means so much to him when you do what he says. Because like I've said before, in doing what he says, there's a protection in that. There's a protection in you doing what God wants you to do. We saw earlier when I read a little bit about the covenant between the Lord and um, Abraham. That was a blood covenant, but it was a covenant that included all of us who become children of God, who get saved, who give our, Lord, our lives over to Christ, the one who made the ultimate covenant. We, he made a covenant with us when he shed his blood. When he shed his blood for us, 
this is what you're doing when you get married. You're not shedding your blood, but there's supposed to be a shedding of blood. When the two come together, there's supposed to be a shedding of the blood and the man gives his life to a woman and vice versa. A man is to leave his family and cling to his wife. Your life is given over to the woman. You are to protect her and cover her as you are doing yourself and same for the female. But this love, this type of love that I'm talking about, is the love of God. It's a love that you have to keep going back to God for. That's what I mean by all of this. You have to keep going back to the Father for this love. This love you have to fight for. Because the enemy is definitely going to fight you. He hates anything that God does, especially what he loves. Anything that God has a purpose and plan and he wants to destroy it. So of course he's going to confuse you. He's going to make you look at your partner in ways that you've never looked at them before. And I don't mean in a good way. He's going to use all sorts of tricks and anything from your past that he could to, de to destroy what God brought together. There's a reason why the word says what God has put together, let no man separate. There's a reason why God has said that. Anything that he does, he has a purpose, he has a plan behind it, but he also can see the garbage that the enemy wants to throw at it. And so we have to stay close to God when things aren't going right. Again, I talked a little bit about the basics in the beginning. You have to know your enemy. You have to know what you're fighting for. You're not fighting each other. You have to know who you're fighting. This is an invisible enemy. This is not an enemy that you see. And so he makes you think that the enemy is one of you. You against your husband and vice versa. But the real enemy is not you guys. And so when you get in the spirit, when you're getting closer to God, he will allow you to see yourself. He's going to allow you to see you and see what you're doing. And he's going to make you get in your place. And he's going to make you do as the word says for you to do. He's going to make you stand in your own place, right? As he brings in your spouse. Because when you stand in your own place, your spouse has no choice but to come in and do the same. Your spouse has no choice eventually, not immediately in every case, but eventually to see themselves, see their wrong, and do the right thing. That's all I'm saying. So I hope this was a little bit more deeper for you guys. If you want me to go a little further into this, I can. If you have any questions, please jot them down in the comments below. I will answer them. They don't, I mean, you can... If you want it to be private, you know, I always state that you can inbox me. Most of my followers know me. Um, most of them do inbox me. All my information is in the description. Thank you guys for watching. Again, like, comment, share, subscribe. Let others see these videos. Let other people see um, what God says, you know, about certain things. You know, what he feels about every area of our lives because he is concerned. He's most definitely concerned with marriage. He's most definitely concerned with with um, families. Did I touch on, before I go, I don't think I went into the basis on, I think I did cover that. If there's anything that you guys feel like I missed, 
or something that I can go a little deeper into because I don't want to offend anybody especially talking about the older generation or why they stayed because there are some gems and a lot of um a lot of endurance that the older generation had but I do feel like because they just accepted certain things because they felt like they needed to honor their marriage um I don't think that they got the concept of meeting the Lord in the spirit and, and having the Lord intervene in certain situations so yeah again if you guys have any questions most definitely hit me in the comments hit me in the inbox I will elaborate even more um and yeah, I love you guys. I appreciate I appreciate you guys for coming back, tuning in, enjoying my videos. And yeah, I will see you on another episode. Thank you for tuning into Something to Say podcast. If you would like to follow us on other forums, all my handles are listed below. I pray that the words spoken today will take root in your heart and feed your soul. Until next time, be blessed in the name of our Lord.